Hey guys, this is Matt from Blue October, and you're listening to The Anthony Rogers Show. You are now listening to the best show in the universe, The Anthony Rogers Show. You probably wish that this was your show, but it's not. It's The Anthony Rogers Show. Tell all of your friends to listen to this show. My High is an innovative water-soluble THC product served in a pre-portioned stir stick that transfers any beverage hot or cold into a delicious high tail. It is clean, energetic, uh, consistent, perfect entry-level product for any kind of consumer that wants to try cannabis. Uh, you're not smoking it, so it's more healthy. Um, it's also on pineappleexpress.com where you can get you can sample these for um, one cent in legal markets in California. Um, I check them out. They have coffee ones. They have THC ones. They, they're they're badass. Welcome back to the greatest show in the entire universe. Uh, today we have a huge guest, um, bass player for the band uh, Blue October, uh, Matt Noveski. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks, man. Appreciate no, it. No problem. Uh, you shouldn't be doing this show. I think you're too big for this, like, honestly. No. You're going backwards. Uh, well, you forget something. See, you, I'm a bass player. And so those rules don't apply to bass players. Those rules apply to the lead singer. They apply to – they don't apply to the drummer either. They apply to the guitarist. They apply to the whatever, like, the alternating musician guy. But the bass player get, doesn't get shit. So that's okay. it, man. Well, that makes more that makes more sense. I'm glad we, I'm glad we settled that because I, th- I thought you were going backwards with your career by, be, by being on this show. I'm like, I'm like I didn't want to I didn't want to mess no. up what you guys had going, man. No, man, I'm stoked to be on here for real. Though. So uh, you were you were in this for like the whole ride. Looks like uh, like mostly like so. Uh, what was it like? Kind of like blown up with. Uh, I mean, this band like blew the fuck up. So I mean, what yeah. was that like? That's like everybody's dream, I think. You know, like to be a rock star type thing. Like, sure, man. Um, that's you know, I, I actually do a lot of mentoring these days, and I talk to a lot of younger artists, and and kind of like I kind of like relive this sort of like what we went through experience over and over and over again, and it's this constant reminder. And I don't sound like super cheesy or anything, but it is this constant reminder that holy shit, how lucky are we, you know? Um, and and not that it wasn't a grind, and not that it wasn't a lot of hard work. But, but just like anything in life, you got to be in the right place at the right time for certain things to click and for certain things to happen. And for us, they did. You know, I work with bands that, in my opinion, I'm like, this should be one of the biggest bands of all time. Or like, everybody's got to hear this. Everybody's got to hear this. They're so good. And they don't get, like, nothing happens. Like, they, they grind and they work so hard and they master social media or they do whatever they've got to do. And like, nothing happens for them because it's such a hard business to break in. It's not a normal uh, business at all. The music business is very strange. And like, there's, and the rules are constantly changing, you know. But, but for, I, I would have to say, um, the thing that I remember the most about kind of, I guess, like blowing up is uh, we had been doing it for so long. I joined the band in 99. Um, and it wasn't until 2005, 2006, uh, that we really kind of hit it big, you know, and like it became a platinum band. And then we're on Leno and and Kimmel and all those shows. And like that, and like that year was a whirlwind for us going from 2005 into 2006. But I remember like we were already so jaded by that point because we had been, we'd failed so many times. Like we'd already been signed and dropped and we'd already been through so much shit that like by the time it was actually happening, I just remember us at South by Southwest, our manager walking in the room and being like, 
holy crap, guys, you know, you're, you're number two right now on the radio. We just booked Leno, blah, 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 blah. And I remember everybody just sitting in the room. Oh, we're all looking at each other. We're in this like boardroom thing waiting to do something. We're all looking at each other. And everybody had the same look on their face, which was like very skeptical, <laughs> you know, like, mm, come on, really? I don't know. We've been doing this for years now. And every single time somebody tells us something good's happening, we fall flat on our face. Like there's no way this is actually happening. But then it did. You know, and then it like, it really like being able to tell my mom, Hey, we're opening for the Rolling Stones was probably like the coolest moment of my whole life, you know? Um, but yeah, now like even, even more amazing than that is where we are now. Cause now we're in our mid forties and we still tour and we still, you know, we still, you know, pack venues and sell a lot of records and we still have this like really loyal fan base. And, um, I know a lot of bands on the other side of that, that you like back in the mid two thousands, that were at the same level as us that were doing their thing, but they didn't last or like, you know, whatever, like the singer was a dick and, you know, screwed everything up or whatever it was like everything fell apart for whatever reason, or they just couldn't keep churning out good material or whatever that was and couldn't keep going. So I feel like on top of, the fact that we did finally get to do something and get to move to where we wanted to be. The fact that we're doing it now is way more amazing to me than that, than breaking in the first place. You know, I'm just, I'm just happy to be doing it every day. I'd say both are pretty amazing feats. Cause like uh, a lot of, a lot of people never get in the game and then a lot of people never last in the game. So I, th I definitely think like both are very important. I think, uh, I think, I think consistency is probably what it is. And if you've been in it since like 98 and like, uh, yeah. I, I read 99's Wikipedia, Wikipedia like, is bullshit. You know what I mean? They, they mess yeah. up, they mess up years all the time, but I was talking to the source. I believe the source more so, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but from, uh, yeah, from 98 to uh, 2004, 2005, or 2005, 2006. I mean, that, that's, I mean, that's pretty typical from what I understand from a business even blowing up, yeah. you know, like whatever it is, be it an app, be it a band, be it a comedian. I mean, whatever, whatever kind of thing it is. I think it takes that kind of time, the consistency of, uh, of just like being told you suck three, three person venues, like, like, like shit like that, like, like to, oh, to yeah. build character to where like you, you're not like uh you don't fuck up like success when you get there or like the notion of success, you know? That's that is, that is like so very true. And to me, like that's kind of what's missing now. That's sort of what's missing these days. It's like the whole, like, I feel like, uh, and Dave Grohl said this at South by, he was a keynote speaker at South by one year. And he was like, you have to be in a band and suck for a while. Like you have, like there's right a passage there. Like you got to play in your garage and you got to sound terrible for a while. And he's absolutely right about that. I were in, I was in so many shitty bands over the years that thought that we were going to be the, like, we're so much better that just wait till we get on stage and open for so-and-so and we're going to blow everybody away. And then we we're terrible, you know? And it's like, but to me, I look back on that and I'm like, man, I'm so glad that I went through that. I'm so, I have so many great memories, you know, from those things. And like one of my fondest memories is playing at this place called the pig pen in Clinton, Iowa. And it was the bartender and the door guy. And there was like, I think it was a bartender's girlfriend and that was it. And we played the whole set. And I like, I remember that show so vividly to this day. Cause I was like, wow. <laughs> this is about as low as it gets right here man um but we still put on a hell of a show nice actually i think it was a, i think it was a really good show actually 
Well, it starts there, and I think I think it's easier to do that as a band than like uh, it is in comedy. Cause, like when I do comedy, like when I did comedy in the beginning, there'd be nobody there. Like who are you talking to? You can't feed off anything. You can't do I, I, like yeah. you guys. You, you could have a good song no matter who hears it. You know what I mean? Like you, if you yeah. have a good song, it's like okay, this is still a good song. Even there's three people here, and those three people will tell a bunch more people. Like I mean, they're like oh man, I saw this band. And, and imagine yeah. being imagine being one of those people like working that night, being able to say that they saw your band before it blew up. You know, I I, I think like yeah. uh, there, there's a lot of that, but like like for me, like you can hide behind a guitar or a bass and your drums or something, but like a comedian you're just stuck there you're just like okay yeah. you're like, okay. but you don't have you don't have to set up anything so i mean I, when you lost it, both, it, you know? that's actually really funny you say that i was just thinking about this recently like and i guess i'm a little out of touch uh with with this but do like so we get to do live stream shows these days and like and obviously with the pandemic we've had like kind of been forced into some situations where we have to do some things like that um how would that work for a comedian? Because, it, I mean, it's all, like you said, it's so interactive and it's so much like talking with the crowd and being interactive with the crowd. And like, I mean, is there a way to do a live stream show as a comedian? I, I see people do it, but I don't do it. I do, I, I've been doing a lot. I've been doubling down on podcasts. Like, uh, but, I, yeah. I, but I think like, uh, if you have like a Mitch Hedberg like set to where you're just like one liner, one liner, one liner, yeah. one liner, I could see it working. But any kind of like interactive person, like, I mean, there's no, nothing to work with at all. Unless yeah. you just go, Unless you just took an angle on the pandemic to either piss people off or make them agree with you. I right. mean, that's all I can really see. I mean, it just, from my perspective, it seems way harder. Cause like, like I said, like you could just be like, okay, here's my hit song. I'm going to play this fucking hit song. I mean, yeah. like, at this point in your life, you know, you could literally just be like, okay, here's a, here's a couple of hits I'm going to play tonight guys, you know, and people will just enjoy that still because yeah. music has a different vibe vibration than comedy. I think, you know, it's, it's not, people ask all the time, like are live streams weird. And I'm like, I love I love the interaction with the crowd and I love that energy, but live stream shows are still really fun to us. Like I That's feel like cool. I, I love doing them. I think they're really fun. It's funny you say Mitch Hedberg too, because one of my favorite things about the Mitch Hedberg recording from his Houston show that I listen to like religiously is like every once in a while you hear that one laugh or like that one cackle from somebody in the crowd, you know? Yeah. And like I love that uh I still have that C D. I still love that C D so much because he's got the upright bass in the background and then like every once in a while there's this one person that has this really fucking weird laugh that keeps happening and every time i hear that laugh i'm like i, I love it man it's like part of it's one of my favorite things about that uh that whole set dude yeah that was a good set he, he was he was one of the best comedians in my opinion honestly uh, like, like work work wise i mean you, you have to yeah. I, was talk, I was talking to uh, i was talking to this guy you know, this other comedian like earlier like talking about like what you have to do to have a set like mitch edberg like, you'd have to tore yeah. off that for years you have to get to work out all the one-liners that don't work uh, like just yeah, i mean you have to do a lot of like that's a lot of joke writing like, he, yeah. like what is it, like 500 jokes like per set or something that's like oh insane. it's just non-stop man and it's all delivery too yeah, you know, it's like when when you try to repeat a Mitch Hedberg joke, if you don't do it in a Mitch Hedberg voice, <laughs> it doesn't work. You know, it's like, oh yeah, that's kind of funny. But then you do it in like the way that he delivers it, and it's like, oh okay. Dude, he's great. That dude is yeah. so good, man. Like one of the best. He reminds me of like a Stephen Wright of the '90s or something. You know? Oh like man, a, him like a, and uh, um, uh, Bill Hicks are like. Bill Hicks is my favorite comedian, probably. It's I love Bill that. Hicks, man. Such that's, a big fan. That's yeah. so weird. Yeah, no, that's one of my favorite comedians. Like he's like a he's like a Carlin, like underrated Carlin, you know. Like, like, oh, absolutely. Like, so political got, and Yeah, he's like on. you're like learning from a Bill you gotta like take notes, you're like, oh man, is that like <laughs> you're like, you're like, like learning from Bill Hicks, you know? Like, that's what yep. I like about the shit. Were, uh, what were some bands you were into, like more so like I know it's kind of a cheesy question, but I mean you're a rock star, so it's interesting, I guess. Oh no, not that's not a cheesy question at all. I I, I mean, working with other bands and, and producing other artists, I asked that's like the first question I ask, you know, is like 
who are you into? What draw, who, like who inspires you when you're writing music, you know? So I, I have a really, I'm going to try to keep this. I have a tendency to ramble. So I'm going to try to keep this condensed, but I, I came from a very musical family and that had a huge influence on me because I'm the youngest. And so I have a, I have a bunch of older sisters. I have an older brother and they all listen to complete. Well, my sisters all listen to the same shit. And then my brother listened to his music and my brother listened to Iron Maiden and um, Metallica, you know, and um, like every, you know, metal band that there was and um, Queensryche and all these other bands. And then my sisters listened to like Cameo and Prince and uh, the Commodores and Rick James. And, and then my dad had really great taste in music. My dad was really into the Beatles and Harry Nilsson and Motown. And so I had like my dad's record collection and then I had my sisters playing music from their rooms. And then my, my brother, who's the closest to me in age. So of course he was trying to mold me in his image. You know, he's like, no, 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 you don't listen to that. You listen to this, you know? Um, I remember actually one day laying down on my bed with headphones on and listening to the record player listening to, a, 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 it was print. It was, I think it was 1999 and I remember my brother, like I opened my eyes and he was just like standing above me in disgust, you know, and he like ran out of the room so mad that I would, you know, like betray him and listen to Prince. Like, what was I doing? You know? Um, but I think that like that definitely had kind of an impact on me because as I started making my own choices and started sort of making my own musical like decisions, I... I really always kind of go back to the late 80s, early 90s. I'm a massive Fishbone fan. And part of the reason that I love Fishbone is because they blend all of those styles of music together in the coolest way. So when you go to a Fishbone show, you get punk, you get rock, you get funk, you get ska, you get metal. And it's all, and it's not like some cheesy, you know, combination of it. It's all done very, very thoughtfully and very well. And they're all just notoriously badass musicians. So I, I've been a lifelong Fishbone fan. I love Angelo Moore. He's like one of my favorite frontmen of all time. Um, and, but, you know, but as far as like what I like listen to on a regular basis, like I keep kind of going back to, I guess, my 90s roots, I think. You know, and I'm I like, I really, um, I listen to all, you know, all like, if you looked at like the Lollapalooza 93 lineup, like I still listen to all of that stuff all the time. And then today I'm really into, um, and also really like, you know, like some of the like shoegazer bands, Sunny Day Real Estate, I was a big fan of, I love Bjork, um, Imogene Heap, you know, The Cure. But then now I'm, I'm really, um, I'm really into Royal Blood and, uh, I, I love that band. I love two-piece bands. And um, Fantagram, another two-piece band, actually. I really like Fantagram a lot. I love the way that they blend electronic and kind of dark, moody rock, you know, kind of keeping guitars alive um, and blend them together. So, yeah, they, they have a big influence on my writing, actually. That's awesome. That's, yeah, yeah. I, every, like everybody always told me when I was a kid that musicians listen to like so many different styles of music, and like I, I, I it seems true with most most musicians I've talked to. Um, yeah. Was was there like a moment you knew like your band like made it? And, like okay, like okay, I don't have to work my day to day job anymore. I don't have to. Was there like that one moment you're just like, this is my life now? There were two. Um, there there was one that was <laughs> it was a false moment, <laughs> and it was when we got signed the first time and we got put on a weekly 
I guess it was like we had like a per diem and we got put like we basically got an advance from the record label and they said, okay, guys, you get to quit your, your shitty jobs. And I had a <laughs> terrible, terrible, like the worst job I have ever had in my life at that time. I moved down from Michigan right before that. And when I lived in Michigan, I bartended and I loved my job and I made great money and I was playing gigs on the weekends. And then when I moved down to Texas to join the band, I couldn't find anything. Like I could not find, I lived in a college town and there were no jobs at all. And so I had to take this terrible job working at this, basically as like a hallway monitor at this school for like really like juvenile, like offenders, basically, like, you know, like kids that were like, wanted to stab you every day, you know, and the pay was minimum wage and it was terrible. And so I was so relieved when we got that call that the deal was done with Universal and that we were going to make our record. And at the time, it wasn't, we weren't living off much money, mind you, you know, it's like 99. And I think we were living like, you know, like, like 200, 300 bucks a week or something. But at that time, that was more than I was making at this crappy job. So it was good enough, you know, and I got to just focus on playing music. But just like anything, uh, the record flopped then reality set in and we got dropped and it was like, okay guys, like, yes, you were still doing gigs, but you're going to have to supplement your income. You're going to have to go find another job and go back to work. And so that like, I felt for a minute there, like I could kind of like my friends back in Michigan, I could gloat a little bit and be like, see, my band got signed. And then it was like six months later, I was like, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, yeah, we did get signed. I swear we did. You never saw our record anywhere, but we were signed. And then, um, but then I think when like, it was really, really official, uh, I think it was that, I think it was actually um, the, the Leno moment. I think it was when we found out that we were playing Jay Leno because we'd never played any shows like that before. And then that year we wound up playing Lollapalooza and ACL and all those other festivals. But like you, when you go on Jay Leno, you, you have to be at a certain level, you know, like Leno, like I guess Kimmel Fallon, like those are great, great shows. And I'd love to do Fallon still. And Kimmel was awesome, but they do a lot of indie bands. Leno didn't really do indie bands. Leno did bands that were like, you pretty much knew who they were you know, like you, and and usually bands you hated because you heard them all the time. But, um, but when we got that call and it was like, that's, that's like our introduction into doing the late night TV thing. That was mind blowing. You know, that was like, Oh man, this is real. You know, like this is, this is a career. We did it. You know, that's crazy big. I mean, yeah. Leno was, Leno was fucking huge, man. Like massive. He still is with his, like, uh, with his, like, he has like a bullshit show that still does well. Like, yeah, I, like where he like yeah. talks about cars and it's still, you know, it's so it's so yeah. niche and it still does well. You know, it's like that's yeah. uh, that's really good. I, yeah, I know that's got to be a powerful moment, man. That's kind of kind of crazy what everybody worked toward, works towards. You know, it, it it was man, and it was such a it was just such a like arrival moment for us. Um, but I do have to say that we we did a lot. We wound up doing a lot of those shows. My favorite one was Conan though. Conan yeah. was like that guy. Conan's on point. Is, He's not a character either. He's like Gene Simmons. Like we played with the kiss and I got to hang out with Gene Simmons. And I was like, Holy crap. Like after 15 minutes of talking to him in person, I was like, that's not a character. That's Gene Simmons is larger than life, man. Like this, the dude that you see on that show is that's who he is. And Conan was exactly the same. That guy never stopped joking. He never slowed down. He was so funny. Like just trying to, we had to take, we went to take a picture with him and we had to take the band picture 
probably 10 times because every time we would go to take the pictures, he would say something and somebody would screw the picture up, you know? And it was just yeah, like, yeah. oh, this guy is so awesome, man. Yeah, he so seems good. like he's like himself the best. You know, he seems authentic mm. to himself. I mean. So funny. Such a good cool. dude. Kiss was my first concert, actually. Like, I, like that, was a, that, was a, that was a big band. Like, uh, I saw them in, like, 95 is my first concert, I think. Oh, wow. Do you remember who was opening by any chance? Oh, man. It was uh, – the second one was Alice in Chains after that. But I saw – it was uh, – man. The Nixons, maybe? No, no. I would have remembered that. It was, I, for, yeah. I, for, I forget who it was right off. I don't remember. It was a big band. It was just, I just don't remember who it was right now. So um, – It might have actually been Alice in Chains, if I'm not mixing the story up. I think the Alice in Chains was the next time that my, my parents went without me. And saw, I, yeah, I can't remember, man. I can't, it was a big band. Though. It was a big fucking band, though. So, it's so crazy you say that. So, so opening for Kiss was another big moment, too, because it was at this festival in Quebec, and it's like – I think it's um, 80,000 people. It's like 75,000, 80,000. It was nuts, man. Uh, and so that was – again, it was like I had to call my brother because my – I mean, you know, like uh, – I'm, I'm going to be 45 in a couple of weeks. And so when I was a kid, Kiss wasn't a band. It was a way of life. It was <laughs> like you woke up and you ate Kiss cereal and you chewed Kiss gum and you read Kiss comics. And, you know, every Halloween, you know, you were one of the members of Kiss, you know, and it was such a big deal to do that. And for me personally, because of my older brother, that was one, like, that was such a crazy moment to me. But to be able to call my brother after hanging out with Gene right before they went on stage and tell him that, he was just like, I hate you, man. <laughs> you, did, you just don't deserve this. That's you know? so funny. Yeah. Uh, he's deserve. hilarious. He, well, he's a drummer and he's a great drummer. And he's like, this is bullshit. Like my, you know, my little brother is playing with Kiss. And like, if it weren't for me, you wouldn't even know about Kiss. You know, it was like, it was pretty funny, man. But um, dude, that's funny, yeah. man. He has, he has a restaurant around here. I mean, I'm in Missouri. Uh, he, he has a restaurant in Chesterfield. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've, I know what place you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been yeah. there. I, I've been. It's actually. I mean, it's good. I was. I was going in hopes that he'd be there, but yeah, clearly he's not there. He doesn't work there, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> he's no, back there cooking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. But, no, it was, it was that, that band was like like fucking legendary, man. Like that was a big like seventies. I mean, they they, yeah. they did a bunch of decades, honestly. I mean, they were fucking. I was yeah. I was on like their like fifth last tour. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, the farewell tour again. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I saw that shirt. So I think I saw a Kiss fucking shirt from then. Like I, I was like, I was in like middle school then, and so I don't know if I could wear. Yeah, I still have that uh, shirt. Man. That was like a powerful it's, concert. It, it's so funny that you said the Alice in Chains thing too, because I actually ran. So I was on our way back from the Kiss show. I went home to Michigan, and I flew to Detroit. Everybody went home because I had a I had a producing gig. And I got there and I went straight to the casino with my friend and Alice and Chains were all there. Huh. And so I got to hang out and talk to Jerry Cantrell and I was, and he's like, um, cause we had met a long years before that. And I was like, yeah, man, I, you know, I actually just got done playing with kiss. And he was like, Oh man. He was like, we actually played with kiss here in Detroit at tiger stadium. And that was my favorite show we've ever played. Wow, wow. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, so I bet that would be crazy. Detroit, yeah, Detroit with yeah. this man, that'd be crazy. Full circle, man. It's crazy. Dude, that is true. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Are you from Michigan originally? Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in uh I grew up in Traverse City. Okay. Um but I, I lived all over Michigan. I was born in Adrian and I went to school in Kalamazoo and Lansing and I lived in Ann Arbor and you know, just was, pretty I'm much only, all over. 
I've only been there once. I went to like a Taco Bell in eight mile. I mean, I don't know. It's a, oh yeah. That's about the only, that's about the tourist thing I did. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, we should, we, uh, this movie I'm in on Amazon was shot there. And like, uh, and like, I, that's the only time I've ever been to Detroit was for that. And I kind of did, did a couple of tourist things, but nothing crazy, yeah. you know? Yeah. Okay. Interesting Detroit, area though. Detroit is, yeah. Well, Michigan's kind of a funny place because it's like, uh, the western side of michigan is is like where you are right now <laughs> it's it's, this, it's <laughs> yeah. beautiful man and, and there's beaches and sand dunes and it's you know woods and camping and it's absolutely gorgeous and then you go to the other side of the state and it's you, you have to like you really got to worry for your safety everywhere you go yeah, yeah i saw people with like kid rock tattoos i was like oh yeah my oh my god god i, I see pk That's from there it. too i don't know people don't forget mm-hmm. people don't forget Oh man, I, I, I worked, uh, I actually worked at a, a bartender at this place for a while here in Austin and back in the old days and the, the cook would blast ICP from the kitchen all day, every day. And every day I'd have to go back and be like, Hey dude, there's people sitting at the bar and they're like, they don't like what they're hearing right now. <laughs> Can you please turn it down? So I don't have the greatest, uh, uh, ICP, uh, memories. No, ICP is like a really, it's a really bad band, but they're like one of those bands that are like, no, it's because you're offended. And I'm like, no, I'm not offended. It's just bad. Yeah, it's just it's, terrible. Yeah, it's, it's just, just bad. Not, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, it's because we say fuck a bunch. I'm like, no, no, all yeah. my friends cuss. Like, it's just a bad band. Right. <laughs> like, dude, yeah. And then you go there and like, and like, the, like all those people look like mutants, man. The people that like, like their band, they look oh. like, they look like fucking mutants, man. And they just oh, like dump man. soda on them and shit. I'm like, this is crazy. It's crazy. It's like all, it's all, they all came out of the cracks of the, of the sidewalk and all just <laughs> congregated for this concert. You know, it's like, I don't know, man. I, I can do without all that. You know, we can, maybe there's an Island and they can all just live together. We'll send them here. I'll leave. Something. I'll leave. We'll just send them to this Island. <laughs> I'll, I'll get out of here. Juggalo Island. Like, we'll, Juggalo we'll, Island. We'll, now we'll, that's we'll, a fam. show. That's a, we need a pilot for that, man. Dude, I almost want to make a documentary <laughs> on Juggalos though. They are interesting. They, they are like super interesting though. That's actually a great idea. Yeah. We that should really steal and get rich. Idea. You should steal my idea and get rich. I, and then I'll, I'm and then in. I'll, and I'll play this video <laughs> podcast. I'm like, I told this guy this. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was sure. No, but I thought like my friend, my friend Gary was telling me that like just like going down to like uh, wherever their fucking things at, like those festivals they have. I have, I'm not a yeah. big fan, but where their festivals are, just like kind of like just like microdose and like fucking interview people and just like ask all these fucking yeah. like people like a bunch of questions, let them be themselves, you know. So 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 seedy, but so fun. You yeah, know? I'd be like. It was like when I talked to the Westboro Baptist Church. It's like, it's the same fucking thing. Oh. <laughs> it's like the same yeah. You're like, just be you. He's like, just be you and tape it, you know? The same That's thing. all you need, man. Dude, yeah. That's fantastic. So what's like, I'm a, this is kind of a vapid question, but interesting. Yeah. So uh, what, what's like, like the coolest person you met through like your kind of fame thing, like the band fame thing you're doing? Man, I am so lame, honestly. Like, so uh-huh. I, I, I'm being from Michigan. I'm, I'm a, like most people in, in, in music aren't, huge sports fans you know and aren't really into uh um aren't really into sports but i'm a i'm a a lifelong detroit lions fan because i'm a glutton for punishment so (laughs) um i've got i've gotten to actually work with a couple musicians uh, i'm sorry uh athletes that are also musicians and so that's been a lot of fun so like um chris bosh actually uh from the miami heat he actually works here at my studio all the time he's up here all the time and he's so cool and then, so I'm always kind of enamored by hanging out with athletes because I, you know, I, 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 I love sports and I grew up watching sports. I'm terrible at sports, but I love watching. Uh-huh. Um, but as a Lions fan, I got, 
I actually got to do this piece where um, the Lions, uh, like their their publicity staff, came out to our show and did this, like they recorded the show and they did this whole like interview thing with me. And then I got to go to training camp and I got to meet the players and I got to meet Stafford, who was at the time was the quarterback and he's kind of my hero. And, um, and then I wound up working with uh, Jace Billingsley, who was a wide receiver for the team. I wound up producing some music and we're really good friends now. So that like that opened some really cool doors in that way for me because like that cool. world is so interesting to me, you know, but, um, you know, but honestly, man, like as far as just like, uh, like big personalities, um, we just did, uh, we just, I think just announced um, that we have a, uh, a thing coming up with Matt Pinfield. And Matt nice. Pinfield is actually, yeah, he's going to be doing this um, storytellers concert with us. And we've met Matt a couple times in the past. And I'm such a, a, like, I love like behind the music and I love, you know, like uh, all the, the music documentaries. I read all the, bi- even, even like the Eagles, like I had to read the Eagles, you know, Don <laughs> Henley or uh, not Don Henley, but Don Felder's book, even though uh, the Eagles irritate the crap out of me, I still had to read the book because I just love the stories. Matt Penfield is such a, he just knows so much about music. He knows so he's met everyone. I mean, he hearing him talk about Tom York and, you know, and like, and, and Bruce Springsteen, like hearing him talk about his interactions with Springsteen and Tom Petty. And like, it's so that to me is almost cooler than sitting down with Springsteen or Tom Petty, because this guy has just literally met every single huge musician you could ever want to meet in your life. And he has such cool stories, you know? So, so I, I'd have to say Matt's up there for sure. I have so much respect for him. That's awesome. I just had, uh, I just talked to um, Jesse Camp yesterday. who's was on the show. He, um, yeah. he, he was on my podcast not too long ago. Uh, he was, he's actually getting me Matt Pinfield and, uh, and uh, uh, that other, who's the other VJ man. He just told me, I think it was Dave Holmes, Dave. Uh, he was just telling me the other day. He's like, like um, I got him on like one of my buddies podcasts and he just told me he's going to get me. Yeah. Dave Holmes and Matt Pinfield for the show. That's I mean, awesome, man. Is it not? I'm into that. Like I'm into that like pop culture thing. Like just like they're icons of pop culture. I mean, I'm into that oh, for sure. Like, totally. Yeah. I think totally. I think they're all like different categories. Things. Matt Pinfield. He was MTV first, wasn't he? Like he was. He blew up on he MTV first. MTV. Yeah, because he was the original 120 minutes guy, and like, yeah, and then, like, kind of right. like going back to what we talked about before. Like that was the show that like you stayed up late for on Friday night to watch, you know, yeah. like when I was, if you like awesome hot sauce, uh, go to down to ferment.com link in the description, get some beat your meat sauce, uh, dad bot sauce down for three way sauce. Um, just, there's a bunch of flavors that are really good. You should go there right now and get some hot sauce. This episode is sponsored by Yomi Lotus. Um, go to yummylotus.com and get like these spicy jams. They're actually really good. Um, they have, I'm sure they have stuff outside of spicy jams, but I like the um, strawberry ghost pepper and blueberry reaper uh, jams. They're really good. Uh, there's mango habanero, jalapeno chipotle, blackberry serrano wine, just flavors like that. They're amazing. Um, you can get a sample pack on their website too. Yeah, just go there. Link below. Thank you so much. The kid, like one of my favorite bands is also a band called Rocket from the Crypt and 120 minutes introduced me to that band, you know? So I remember seeing the video for Ditch Digger and it's like, I have all his memories of Matt Pinfield, like, you know, and here we go. Here's the blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, like he was just such a, such a big part of my life, you know, as a youth.
So I think that's the best part about entertainment is meeting all these people. I mean, that's probably the easy. I mean, it, it beats like not having a day job, I guess. But like, but, but I think like just meeting all these people are probably the best. You know, it's like it, like just yeah. anybody anybody you can name. I mean, the podcasts have the same kind of thing. I think where I could literally talk to anybody. In the, I, I love that concept too, man. Like. I just like you literally, and then you brought up Detroit sports and like fucking the Red Wings ruined my childhood. The fucking oh Red, no, the fucking Red Wings. <laughs> I'm from St. Louis, man, and like and like they ruined my fucking childhood, bro. Like I can't lose. I, I can't stand the fucking Red Wings, man, or Detroit yep. sports because I'm from St. Louis. I I, I literally like Detroit. Man. I mean, they had fucking all the better like. Um, I don't even want to talk about it right now. But they had, yeah, they had so many fucking yeah. like good players in the '90s, man. Like it was, it was nice. I, I actually, so we actually got to. I always liked the blues, which is kind of weird, you know, because obviously the, you know, Maple Leafs and blues and wings. And like, there's a lot of hatred there between all these teams. And for a while, the wings were on top, man. Like we were kicked everybody's ass, you know, but um, I always really liked the blues. I liked Cujo a lot. I was a big Cujo fan. Like he he was, he was awesome. Um, But we, we actually got invited while we were out on tour in 2007, 2008, Justin got invited to sing the national anthem at the blues home opener. Ha, that's and dope. So we, we got jerseys and we all got to sit in the box in the suite. Yeah, that's bad. And that was so cool. It was like, what a classy organization. What a, like, I I've, I've always really respected that team a lot. Yeah. And the box is where to see it too. Is you get free beer and free nachos, man. Like oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a fucking, you up. dude, you have to, you fucking you have to, bro. <laughs> No, that's yep. like the best I've ever the best box seat I ever had was like pro wrestling. I'm I was a pu- huge pro wrestling fan as a kid. So oh, so in cool. my in my twenties I got lucky enough to get like a box seat like uh, one of these like raws or something, man. Like uh, yeah. and it was so fucking. I was like talking so much shit, and then, and then they they had like come in and, like tell me to stop talking shit. It's like a television show. Oh. I, was, I was just like yelling <laughs> from the box like trash, bro. You like, you you're the guy that had to be told to quiet down at the wrestling match that day. That day, yeah, that day. I was yeah. That's awesome. It was fucking crazy, man. Like, no, but uh, that, was, that was the same place where the Blues play. That's what, that's what linked that memory. Cause I, uh, yeah, oh, I, nice. They played, yeah. it, uh, they played at the Blues Stadium, dude. That's yeah. like it. That's crazy, though, man. Like, yeah, but hockey's a fun sport, man. It's probably, and, and I'd like to the Detroit Red Wings better if they didn't, like, like I said, ruin my childhood. Like, like yeah. literally, that, like, you had Fedorov, you had fucking all these guys, man. Like, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, the Can 90s we, Blues were better than the 2019 Blues, but the, yeah. the, the 2019 Blues didn't have, like, all these other teams to deal with. Like, they, they didn't, right. have, like, they didn't yeah. have LA Kings or fucking, like, uh, the Blackhawks at the time or, like, Detroit to deal with. They said, they, you know, they just had, like, uh, it was. It, I don't know. I'm not gonna say it's easy, but it seemed easier for them yeah. than it was in the '90s. Like it was. Yeah, crazy. the co- competition was definitely different. I was gonna say you. Got, I mean, the Blues. You did just have your moment, you know. But like our first Stanley Cup, um, bro. Only which is forever. which is awesome. Man. It was amazing. But, the town was the town the, was lit, man. The Red Wings were kind of like they were. I mean, that was. It's funny because when when I would go around the world and or you know and talk about hockey or whatever, and people are like, oh, who who are you a fan of? I say the Red Wings. I would get that like it's like if you say you're a Patriots fan. Yeah, you're too you know, good. No, like, your team was too good back in the day. I'm still pissed. I'm yeah, like, like they yeah. they were too good, bro. Like, I mean, yeah. congrats for the success, but I mean, yeah. yeah well, I try- see, I I was actually a huge Bob Probert fan. Yeah. Because he would just beat the shit out of everybody, and I loved the fight so much. Like him and Ty Domi going at it. Like Probert was. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Fedorov was great, and I actually got to bartend for all those guys. They had training <laughs> camp in my hometown. That's crazy. And, gonna be oh, it was, oh, it was so awesome. Um. Except Shanahan was a dick. Shanahan was a total dick. He was. He was. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. he sucked. And then the rest of them were all. Chelios was cool, and yeah. the, you know, Fedorov was cool. Iserman was so cool. Um, yeah, but that that was like those those were 
those were fun times. I would make more bartending uh, th- that like week and a half or two weeks than I would the whole rest of the year. No, I bet. No, hockey players yeah. got money for sure, man. Mm. Like, that's crazy. Like, I, I had one hockey player on here so far. I had uh, Dustin Penner from the uh, the Kings I used on here one nice. time. Like, that was the only chance. He has two two Stanley Cups. I have no fucking clue how I pulled it. It's, it's like you're, you're in Blue October. I have no idea how I keep pulling this off, but it's, it's going well, you know? <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's, it's like one of these days you're going to come back. It's like all uh, a dream that had all these crazy people together on this show, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's awesome, like, man. I think it's great. No, it's lucky, man. It's lucky. And like, uh, your band, like, I liked your band a lot, like, back in the day and stuff like that. I, I, I listen to, I listen to fucking country gospel right now, man. But like, but I really, I, mean, I got into that shit and like, I'm, I'm in a kick like that. But, but I loved your band when it came out, man. I was a big fan. Mm-hmm. I, 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 no, I liked, and I still, I mean, I still imagine I would if I played some stuff, but I, I'm so weird now. I'm playing like country gospel and like fucking classical music. I'm, I'm old and boring now. I'm like 34. Yeah. And I, yeah. But I live like I'm 75, you know, it's like, it's just like, yeah. In these zones, I don't know, but I, de- I definitely did. <laughs> I dig what you guys did, man. I think and I grew up with a lot of buddies trying to do the same thing you guys did. So I respect people that do like what you like, like blow up and become like rock stars and stuff. Because like I think it's a, a high competition. I mean, like to, yeah. I mean to have. I mean, I don't know. It's almost like having a podcast today. You know, it's like everyone, everyone's got a band. You know, and like everyone's got a podcast. But like, so, so I mean, it's it's real co- competition. It's like true competition. Everyone's trying to be a rock star. You know, it's it's such a different ball game now than it was when we you know, when we uh, got notoriety too, because like back then you had filters in place, right? You had these like, and not that that doesn't exist anymore, but it's not like it used to be. So back in the day, there was a process to it. It was, okay, you were good enough that you kind of earned going to the studio. You know, you, you were good enough that you earned that. And then you made an album and you would get signed. And then that record label would put resources into you. So there were certain kind of moving parts to that and everything kind of had to go your way. And, you know, sometimes it didn't, but there was like, sort of like the, these, there was just a lot of checks and balances to becoming a well-known artist. None of that exists anymore. Uh, It's easier to be famous. It's harder to monetize. It's harder to monetize. It is easier to be famous. There's so much noise and there's so much bullshit now. Yeah. This, this statistic blows my mind that now with you know all of the aggregators and like the fact that anybody can distribute their own music digitally now 60 to 80,000 songs are released every day oh my god that's crazy no, it's like uh, it's like uh, whenever the uh, everyone went to California to dig gold. You made more money selling the equipment to pan gold than you did than you did <laughs> panning for gold. So, so, if you, so if you make the apps and the and the and the, uh, and the, and the, the guitars or whatever else, you probably make yeah. a lot more money than the bands with the supply and demand. That's crazy. That's actually I'm gonna steal that. Actually, I like that. Uh, I like that analogy. That's what it seems like, though, in music, for sure. Like, yeah. it seems like you're selling a dream, and only only so many people get yeah. to where you're at. And and I and I mean now, I mean TikTok's uh, dictating the Billboard charts right now. It seems like I'd say forty percent oh. of uh, Billboard charts are from TikTok right now. Like, it's, it's more, cr- more. I, I still, I'm still that like TikTok makes me feel so old, man. Because I'm like, yeah, same. I I see it, and I work with artists that are really into it and that do it, but I'm still like, I don't get it. And then somebody will explain it to me and show it to me, and I'm like, yeah, I, I still don't, I just still don't get it. Like it's not, I don't want to watch people dance all day. I'm not, I don't get it. Like I'm just, I'm, I, I only have a TikTok understand. cause I know it works. I, 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 I don't yeah. like respect it myself for having one, but it, it's, it's like a necessity. Whenever, yeah. It's, it's, it's sad. I like, uh, like having 20,000 people in there means something to children, I guess. I don't know. It's just right. like, it's, it's just fucking weird. I don't know. I think I've done a lot cooler shit, but they're like, Oh man, like, like you don't have a, you know, you know, if you do a million things, like you have like one crowd that likes one thing you did more or something. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. And, like TikTok's yeah. one of those things like, uh, 
I used to promote the show quite a bit. And like, it's just, it's stupid, but it's necessary. It's like whenever I used to promote like electronic shows, I don't like electronic music, but I promote yeah. it cause it made money. Like in my twenties, right. everybody wanted to hear dubstep, whatever the fuck that even means, you know, right. and, like, right. I'd, I'd be outside yeah. like chain smoking at 24. Just like, Oh my God, this sucks. Yeah. We're, making, we're making so much money. Cause like everybody's so going to much shit. money. Yeah, and, yeah, the, was, and the and the dude on stage with the laptop is making the most. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was a weird archetype. I almost imagine those guys like only did it just to talk to girls. Like they seem like socially like, which isn't a bad plan, but I mean it worked. But it yeah. just seemed like those guys, the those electronic DJs, like seem like they only did it to talk to girls. I feel like I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's the DJ world is a whole nother thing. We've actually had um, we actually had Avicii here at the studio, which was really cool. He's um, a legend. He's a, when I make fun of DJs, I'm yeah. not making fun of him. He's a, he's a producer. Oh yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, so yeah. I like he him. actually, um, I don't know if you've seen that documentary, but um, I did actually. So, so my studio's actually in that. There, That's there's fucking scene, awesome. Yeah, there, there's a, there's a couple scenes. There's one scene where they show three buses out in front of the studio. That's actually my place, and then um, inside the studio, they show him and like his whole team working together. And there's a dog, and they're playing with the dog, and that's actually in my uh, control room where I'm at, where I'm at right now. That's crazy. So you have yeah. a studio in Austin, I guess. I do. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's awesome. called Orb Recording Studios. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I know Austin's like swooping the industry right now because, like, I mean, because uh, California yeah. and New York shutting down. Like, everybody's in everybody's in Texas and stuff. Like, being like, I have to follow these dumb rules. Like, you know, it's like a renaissance, man. It's crazy. My neighborhood is all California transplants. Oh, Everybody in my neighborhood is, and it's in. And real estate here is getting. I mean, it's just getting nuts, man. It's, that's right here. Yeah, I mean, you got like Joe yeah. Rogan there. You got like yeah, yeah, yeah. You got comedy. You got film. You got you got music. I mean, you got everything there now. It's, it's yeah, it's, man. It's like uh. It's like the South New York City, you know? <laughs> it is, man. Like, I feel like a lot of, like, the L.A., a lot of L.A. Uh, um, people in entertainment, like you said, co- like comedy, music, what film, whatever it is, are relocating here because they're just sick and tired of dealing with California shit. You know, they're tired of the prices, they're tired of the politics, and come down here and, like, you know, but now I'm like wow this <laughs> is it's grown austin's not what it used to be man they got time to ruin in california now they want to ruin texas oh it's happening <laughs> it's there it's already like we're halfway there man no, that's why i saw the election <laughs> the election like like texas was a struggle to be a red state i'm like what like, it was like yeah. so fucking it was crazy to think yeah. about yep it's changing man the times are changing for sure yeah mm-hmm. yeah no the texas has the same kind of attitude missouri does but missouri's like more low-key that's why i like missouri it's like yeah no one knows anything about my state and i love that I, yeah. like, it's, it's it's the best like like ever everyone like they they downplay they're like oh it's flyover country or something but, like i love yeah. missourians like, i love how low-key it is like I, yeah i love I'm missouri from, too, i'm from here man. though well it's the same as michigan michigan and missouri are almost the same fucking state like, they, like they, the yeah. way they act they i mean they, they seem like the same kind of state detroit's a bigger st louis in my opinion you know it's like a, yeah like in matt and landmass like it's, it's weird and they feel the same and the suburbs are about the same and the suburbs of michigan are about the same as the suburbs of missouri i'd feel yeah i'm a big fan of st louis man i've, I've always loved that city and and one of my favorite venues is the pageant oh yeah and, that's uh, a great one. Oh god i love the pageant we i think i saw you guys the there now i think i think i've seen your band there actually now you said yeah. that I, nice. I, I, it clicked in my head no that's a good show. the pageant's yeah. a great venue man like so good Dude, yeah, and, the- and the and the staff there is so like for throughout the years they've had the same people that's kind of one of you know it's you, you do just like anything when you play venues comedy circuit music whatever it is you become friends with a lot of promoters and people that work at certain venues and whatnot and I see the that. pageant is like those guys are so badass like they're just such great people man like i'm i'm just so glad that they i'm so glad they weathered the storm and that they're still around Oh, that you know, guy, because... the guy that owns that owns the entire block, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, uh, that, that guy, Joe Edwards, that he owns, uh, he owns that whole block. Yep. I mean, 
Jones he's got club. pictures of him with everybody on the <laughs> yeah, walls, Blueberry man. Hill. You've been to Blueberry Hill, huh? Blueberry Hill, yeah. We yeah, played yeah. Blueberry Hill. Okay, in the Duck Room or something? Years ago. Yep. Was that the Duck yeah, Room? Yeah, we played the Duck Room. That's right. That's hilarious. Yep. But like, yeah, Joe, Joe Edwards definitely not. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's not humble, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, see, you go in there, he's like, oh, yeah, everyone you've ever fucking thought of. He's got like Neil Armstrong somehow, some fucking presence. Yep. Uh, he's, 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 he's always got the Hawaiian shirt on, too. Yeah, he's yeah, always on vacation. Yep, he's always on vacation, man. He's got the, the hair pulled back, the Hawaiian shirt on. It's like, the guy's this guy, is, he's loving his life. No, sure. he's a legend, man. He's a local legend for sure. The guy, the guy uh, he has the best security, too. He owns a couple of venues down there. And, like, I, I go in his, like, press, and, like, and, like, they fucking pat me down, like, crazy every time. And, and like, oh, like wow. you, usually no one does if I'm press. I'll just be like, oh, I have a press, but I don't know. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, oh, they're like, oh, well, go ahead and do whatever the fuck you want. Stab somebody, you know? Like, these guys, <laughs> yeah, right. But these guys are just, like, they, like, pat you down or whatever. I was, like, I was trying to bring, like, uh, I was trying to bring blunts to, to a metal band one time. Yeah. I'm not going to say the band or whatever, but, like, I was trying to sneak in, like, uh, we do a metal band for an interview, and, like, and, like they're, like, all over it. I'm, like, uh, they, didn't, they didn't find anything, but they're, like, all yeah. over i'm like oh my god you guys are crazy wow they wouldn't Hardcore. let me bring a marker they wouldn't let me bring a marker in for an autograph <laughs> yeah they're, they're on it man like they're like man. You, can't, you can't smuggle anything into there man they, they need those guys at the border like <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's crazy man they're at the wrong place they're working for joe edwards <laughs> <laughs> he's got the he's the only one to afford him probably like, that guy yeah. owns a whole block man like that's Delmar, I guess. Like that's like yeah, the Delmar uh, St. Louis the, area. Yeah, yep. And that there, there's a Delmar venue that's right, right next to uh, the pageant now too. That's a really nice place too. I actually got to. It's huge. We we so, so since we're kind of old now, we love playing earlier at night. You know, it's like back in the day, it's like, <laughs> okay, we'll go on at midnight. Now it's like eight o'clock show. Hell yeah! So that's we'll funny. play eight with you know done at like nine thirty, and then I, like the last couple times we played the pageant, I'll just run over to the Delmar Delmar Hall. And, that's what's called Delmar, Delmar Hall. Hall. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I actually, I produced. I don't know if you know a band called Cavo. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. I produced. Yeah. I produced one of their albums actually. That's hilarious. Okay, yeah, yeah. no, Cobb was a big St. Louis band. They blew up yeah. with that. Um, I forgot the name of the song. It's super catchy. Like they blew up that song a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. That, they're bigger. I did, a, I did a. I did a. Um. Oh, what was that song called? It was the record before I did, but I did a record called um, Bridges. Okay, I know I'm familiar with that too. I didn't know you. Twenty fifteen, I think. Yeah. yeah, because they're from St. Louis, I'm actually familiar with that album. Actually, mm -hmm. it's uh, that's cool. I didn't know you produced that, man. That's uh, yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Those that's are my interesting boys, as man. fuck. That's interesting as fuck, actually. And, yeah. yeah, that band did it, did it pretty well, man. I think like um, like I I think I have their bass player on Facebook or something. I don't know him that well, but I, I think I have him on Facebook. Pookie Jones. Yeah, yeah, okay, you know, yeah, David. yeah, yeah, for sure. Brian, I love that guy. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, yeah. man. Small world. I think yeah. the drummer's a radio DJ in Nashville now or something too. I think he's on my Facebook. That's right. Too. Yeah, Andy, Andy Heron, and Andy yeah. does a. Uh, he's kind of blown up yeah he's like yeah. personally yeah it's weird he's 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 kicking ass man and well, i mean he's in one of the biggest towns i mean it makes sense nashville i mean for radio i mean that's gotta be killer like what's so funny what's too. so funny with him though and i guess like some people might say the same thing about us because for like when we do meet and greets and stuff i'm generally kind of uh, quiet you know um i love i love talk i love conversing with people i love talking and i love doing interviews i love pod i mean i listen to podcasts all the time yes yeah, so. um so I, I i'm a big fan of these things but like in social settings i'm kind of typically more reserved but andy like was the quiet dude in the band for sure you huh. know so he was very super chill and you know very dry humor really funny but very very quiet and so when i found out that he was a dj i was like really like that I, I, I wouldn't expect that at all and then to see like how successful he's become is like 
That's pretty awesome, man. It's very unassuming. No, it's crazy. And I think entertainment's that. Just constantly reinvent yourself, man. And I think, like, that's, yeah. pretty, that's pretty much what it is. It's crazy. Yeah, they they blew the fuck up. I'm a little bit too young to, to have met them, like, in their prime and stuff. Because, like, yeah. I was probably in my early 20s when they were, like, just blowing up and shit. And I was just – I didn't know yeah. anybody then. I was just doing my thing, you know? Yeah. But Champagne. That's, that was the that, song. That was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was a yeah. damn good song, though. That was catchy. Yeah. I, I like that, was that song. Great. Yeah. That I was wish I'd done that one. <laughs> yeah, no no shit, man. No shit. That was crazy. Yeah, and everybody everybody's buzzing over that song. Like you saw them on like uh so I, I was I worked in music at the time, like I dabbled in it, like uh like the business side of it. And I'd see them on like everybody, every, like anybody from like Universal or any, any major record label, everybody was taking selfies with that band. Like that like yeah. that. I just, I just remember that year everybody was taking selfies with Compa. Like they'd be like my buddies in like uh, in like like la typically mostly they're just like yeah. always taking i thought it was funny to take a picture of like a St. Louis band it just made me laugh like yeah but it's cool i mean these are just the guys down the street like yeah yeah out? <laughs> yeah and there's a bunch of bands like that, that that were really close to blowing up like it was just a weird generation that time it was like, like no one no one was buying music at that time and like yeah and like people were going to shows everyone's trying to rediscover music really so it was a weird time i think like there's probably like five or six of those bands from here that could have i mean a couple yeah. of them did i mean you had like ludo you had a uh, you had a couple yeah. of bands like that you had a uh, some band from oh man, there's a band that's really big that's close from around here. I just forgot right now, but but I mean, Yo, course, Ludo was phenomenal, man. They were they were really good. Um, yeah, that was a catchy ass band, man. That was a that was a really catchy band. I was a big fan. There's a band that from not from St. Louis, but close to St. Louis. A band called Hum. I was a huge fan of them back in the '90s. Great band. Where, where were they from? Where, were that, where was that band from? They were from. Um, it was like right on the border of Illinois. Um. Oh my God! What's the name of the town? Uh, I worked with a band called The Visual, and they lived in that same town. Huh. Um, I'm totally forgetting it now. It's escaping me. It's like any other day; it would just roll off the tongue. For some right, right. Only yeah. when people are watching, we don't know, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a scholar when this is off. When this is off, I'm a fucking scholar. I swear oh to yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm brilliant when no one's watching, like a WB frog. Like WB. <laughs> But no, that's crazy. So you you have the producer vibe, actually. I like that makes sense after you said that. Like, uh, yeah. do people like recognize you a lot, or can you get away because you have a normal haircut and oh, stuff? Like, no, man. I I I mean, it, I I got tattoos, but like other than that, you have a normal haircut um, though. You probably blend in more. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. no, I I blend right in, and yeah. I, and I live in an. It's funny because I live in this neighborhood, like right up the road from the studio in in Dripping Springs, Texas, which is pretty conservative. And so it's like it's a it's a very nice, peaceful neighborhood, and it's 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 pretty and it's quiet. But it's also, I'm also like, you know, my family is, um, without getting political, my family is very blue and I'm surround, I'm in a sea of red, (laughs) 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 you know? So I'm like, that's the only time, like, I kind of feel like I, I I guess I stand out a bit as like taking my kids to school, you know, it's like, Oh, (laughs) there's a lot of polo shirts around here, you know? Um, you know but but other than that i mean austin is like when you go downtown austin this is a funky town man like there's like there's there's a it's it's a melting pot it's you know like of culture like it's not like dallas or houston or there's like just uh it's a really really fun in fact the first time i ever came down here to go see the band when i first met them um, I flew in and I'd never been to Texas before. And I thought that Texas was like belt buckles and horses. And <laughs> I had no, you know, tumbleweeds. And we flew into Austin and I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Like this town is gorgeous and there's rivers and trees and it's beautiful. And then that night, uh, wound up getting to hang out with like some of the guys from the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow. 
and they all live here yeah you know and it was like it was just like shit like that just didn't happen where i was from man you know it's like traverse city michigan like you you didn't hang out with the butthole surfers in traverse city michigan you know so it was like being in austin it was like just all these crazy like super nutty artistic people you know or like everywhere like all over you know sixth street and fourth street all over downtown and just it's just a huge party and it's so much fun you know no i bet man like i've only traveled through there i haven't spent much time in austin but it seemed, it seemed like a cool yeah. town there like uh Seemed yeah. like a cool town. That was a couple of years ago. It wasn't like now. It's even bigger. I mean, the pandemic basically uh, uh, gave the economy to Texas and Florida pretty much. Like, pretty much. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, it's grown like you know. It's um. I don't know, man. I'm ready to get on the road. <laughs> <laughs> no, I bet, it's man. been so long. Oh, just so ready to play again. You know. No, We're I almost there. That's no, yeah. crazy. Yeah. No. Like, if you if I live in Missouri, man, and if you if you went outside this whole thing, you would have never realized there's a pandemic, man. Nobody gives a fuck about it here, man. It's, oh it's, wow. It's like, Nobody gives a f- I mean, I was in St. Louis. I mean, I moved out of it because, like, they were going crazy with curfew and stuff. But, um, but they, no, I lived there for a little bit. And I was, like, I was like walking to the market in, like, a bathrobe. Like, I normally wake up, like, two and shit, you know. And everybody's, yeah. like, wearing, like, plastic bag hazmat suits and shit. I'm just like, right. oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you guys are going to outlive me, you fucking idiots. Like, <laughs> like, it, was so insa- it was so insane, man. Like, and the- but if you were out here, you don't even notice it, man. I've, been, I've rarely seen masks or anything. They don't give a fuck out here, man. And everybody's yeah. alive. Like, nobody gives a- I mean, it's not yeah. bodies stacking up or anything. It's responsible, I guess. So. Yeah. I moved yeah. out here just to eat at a fucking Applebee's. I never thought that'd be rebellion. <laughs> I never, <laughs> right, I never thought I'd fight to eat at an Applebee's. You know? Yeah, it's it's like, a that's a that's a big feat. You know, it's crazy. It is it is crazy though. Just like even just in the last few days, that like I went to Target this weekend, and like half the people didn't have masks on, half of them did, and I was it was I don't know. It was like shit man you know and then i realized like i've i i love going to movies i love movie theaters oh yeah i just i'm a big i'm a big film buff you know and and i love the pro like the whole experience of seeing a movie on the big screen at the theater and like i just to think oh my god i haven't been to a movie in like two years that's crazy Uh, yeah before so crazy yeah, before all this, before uh, you had to get Dr. Fauci's permission slip signed, I think that yeah. um, like, like before that, I like stayed at home on purpose. And then like they told me I couldn't. And then now I'm like, okay, now I don't, I don't even stay. You know, I'm like, yeah. like, when they told me I couldn't, it made me want to. Like I, I, would, right? I barely yeah. left my house for three years before mm-hmm. that, you know? And then all of a sudden they tell me I can't. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? I'm like, no, well, I, and, then every, and then everybody else is out of your way. You can go do whatever you want. You don't have to deal with all the idiots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like a, there's like a two week period of time when everybody was terrified and you could drive like 90 on the roads. It was awful. Oh yeah. Like nobody's yeah. anywhere. The cops too afraid to pull you over because they don't want to die from whatever tv told them you know it's yep. like fucking, it was fucking interesting man it was a weird time and the no there's no toilet paper there's no paper towels there's no oh, it's armageddon dude. man dude yeah, yeah i had to buy toilet paper off the black market it felt like in st louis like I, i'd go right. to the corner market he's like and they no toilet paper on the shelves he's like he's like you got everything you got everything i'm like I'm like uh you have any toilet paper he's like for you yes i'm like for me am i buying crap right now <laughs> fucking crap you I mean like that's so funny yeah it's yeah like, i'll take toilet paper a human heart and a, a fucking eight ball of crack i don't right, know like, yeah right, it's right. Like, if that's even how you measure crack i have no fucking clue you measure crack. In, a, in a passport but, you know yeah exactly yeah exactly it was so that's how we, we we had this terrible freeze down here. I'm sure you heard all about that, but this like oh, yeah, crazy yeah. freeze and it was Ted Cruz's fault, right? That's what I read on the paper. Oh my god, uh, good old Cruz. good old Ted. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he he uh, yeah he got some he got a little flack for that one, but yeah, but that freeze was like that was pure insanity, man. Because it it uh, our power went out, our water went out. Oh, shit. I live close to the studio, so and I have three kids, you know. So I was oh, like, okay, man. let's pack them up. 
we got the kids, we go to the studio, I set up the tent, you know, ah. like, it's going to be fun. You know, I put, I, I put up this like little movie screen. I'm like, we're gonna have a good time. Then the power goes out at the studio. The oh, water shit. goes out at the studio. Then we go out to our mother-in-law's house, which is far out in the middle of nowhere. And, um, but like going to the store during that, it's, it was crazy because it was like, okay, I'm going to go to the Chevron and there's a mile long line of people and yeah. there's nothing in there. Yeah, yeah. It's just absolute insanity. I'm yep. just, I'm so, I'm, I'm over it, man. I'm so over all that. Yeah, it's too much California in Texas, you know? It's like, yeah, yep. <laughs> they're bringing all their California out there, man. Like, yes, they are. That's crazy. Well, um, I feel like I could talk to a guy like you for nine more hours, but do you want to throw any like social media out before we, uh, any, any way they could find you personally or you, yeah, or, uh, new music from the band or anything like yeah, man. So I'm actually, so, you know, of course, you know, blueoctober.com um, and then our, you know, socials are all just Blue October, super easy to find. And then I also play in a band with a couple, you know, with uh, Jeremy, our drummer and Justin, our singer, and my friend Steve from Longwave, and it's called Harvard of the South. Um, it, uh, really, really cool project, like, like very riffy, like, um, I guess if you're into like, uh, well, Longwave, of course, but if you're into bands like, you know, maybe the strokes or something like that. It's a little bit more in that vein. Um, so Harvard of the South check out. And then I have my own project uh, with my friend, um, Alan Adams, my drummer. Um, he and I are doing a thing together, just the two of us. And we have a bunch of our friends that cameo on it and that's called Icarus Bell. So Icarus Bell official is a website. Um, and then Icarus Bell official is the Instagram. And then I, I'm only on the gram for me personally. I don't do Facebook. I don't do Twitter. I don't do any of that. I'm just on Instagram and it's just my name. Super easy to find. Yeah. So just Matt Noveski on Instagram. Thanks for watching the show. Without sponsors like Bay Area Beard Company, we wouldn't exist. So go there right now. Get some oils, bombs, butters, co-washes, soaps, custom t-shirts, and snapbacks. Bay Area Beard Company is based out of Tampa. Link below. Biblicalbeard.com. Step up your beard game. Everybody's been talking about it.